section twenty three of the fireside chats of franklin delano roosevelt this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by betty b the fireside chats of franklin delano roosevelt by franklin d roosevelt april twenty eighth nineteen forty two part two are you a business man or do you own stock in a business corporation well your profits are going to be cut down to a reasonably low level by taxation your income will be subject to higher taxes indeed in these days when every available dollar should go to the war effort i do not think that any american citizen should have a net income in excess of twenty five thousand dollars per year after payment of taxes are you a retailer or a wholesaler or a manufacturer or a farmer or a landlord ceilings are being placed on the prices at which you can sell your goods or rent your property do you work for wages you will have to forego higher wages for your particular job for the duration of the war all of us are used to spending money for things that we want things however which are not absolutely essential we will all have to forego that kind of spending because we must put every dime and every dollar we can possibly spare out of our earnings into war bonds and stamps because the demands of the war effort require the rationing of goods of which there is not enough to go around because the stopping of purchases of non-essentials will release thousands of workers who are needed in the war effort as i told the congress yesterday sacrifice is not exactly the proper word with which to describe this program of self-denial when at the end of this great struggle we shall have saved our free way of life we shall have made no sacrifice the price for civilization must be paid in hard work and sorrow and blood the price is not too high if you doubt it ask those millions who live today under the tyranny of hitlerism ask the workers of france and norway and the netherlands whipped to labor by the lash whether the stabilization of wages is too great a sacrifice ask the farmers of poland and denmark of czechoslovakia and france looted of their livestock starving while their own crops are stolen from their land ask them whether parity prices are too great a sacrifice ask the businessmen of europe whose enterprises have been stolen from their owners whether the limitation of profits and personal incomes is too great a sacrifice ask the women and children whom hitler is starving whether the rationing of tires and gasoline and sugar is too great a sacrifice we do not have to ask them they have already given us their agonized answers this great war effort must be carried through to its victorious conclusion by the indomitable will and determination of the people as one great whole it must not be impeded by the faint of heart it must not be impeded by those who put their own selfish interests above the interests of the nation it must not be impeded by those who pervert honest criticism into falsification of fact it must not be impeded by self-styled experts either in economics or military problems who know neither true figures nor geography itself it must not be impeded by a few bogus patriots who use the sacred freedom of the press to echo the sentiments of the propagandists in tokyo and berlin and above all it shall not be imperiled by the handful of noisy traitors betrayers of america 
betrayers of christianity itself would-be dictators who in their hearts and souls have yielded to hitlerism and would have this republic do likewise i shall use all of the executive power that i have to carry out the policy laid down if it becomes necessary to ask for any additional legislation in order to attain our objective of preventing a spiral in the cost of living i shall do so i know the american farmer the american workman and the american businessman i know that they will gladly embrace this economy and equality of sacrifice satisfied that it is necessary for the most vital and compelling motive in all their lives winning through to victory never in the memory of man has there been a war in which the courage the endurance and the loyalty of civilians played so vital a part many thousands of civilians all over the world have been and are being killed or maimed by enemy action indeed it was the fortitude of the common people of britain under fire which enabled that island to stand and prevented hitler from winning the war in nineteen forty the ruins of london and coventry and other cities are today the proudest monuments to british heroism our own american civilian population is now relatively safe from such disasters and to an ever-increasing extent our soldiers sailors and marines are fighting with great bravery and skill on far distant fronts to make sure that we shall remain safe i should like to tell you one or two stories about the men we have in our armed forces there is for example dr corydon m wassell he was a missionary well known for his good works in china he is a simple modest retiring man nearly sixty years old but he entered the service of his country and was commissioned a lieutenant commander in the navy dr wassell was assigned to duty in java caring for wounded officers and men of the cruisers houston and marblehead which had been in heavy action in the java seas when the japanese advanced across the island it was decided to evacuate as many as possible of the wounded to australia but about twelve of the men were so badly wounded that they could not be moved dr wassell remained with these men knowing that he would be captured by the enemy but he decided to make a last desperate attempt to get the men out of java he asked each of them if he wished to take the chance and every one agreed he first had to get the twelve men to the seacoast fifty miles away to do this he had to improvise stretchers for the hazardous journey the men were suffering severely but dr wassell kept them alive by his skill and inspired them by his own courage and as the official report said dr wassell was almost like a christ-like shepherd devoted to his flock on the seacoast he embarked the men on a little dutch ship they were bombed they were machine-gunned by waves of japanese planes dr wassell took virtual command of the ship and by great skill avoided destruction hiding in little bays and little inlets a few days later dr wassell and his small flock of wounded men reached australia safely and today dr wassell wears the navy cross another story concerns a ship a ship rather than an individual man you may remember the tragic sinking of the submarine the u s s squalus off the new england coast in the summer of nineteen thirty nine some of the crew were lost but others were saved by the speed and the efficiency of the surface rescue crews the squalus itself was tediously raised from the bottom of the sea she was repaired and put back into commission and eventually she sailed again under a new name 
the u s s sailfish today she is a potent and effective unit of our submarine fleet in the southwest pacific the sailfish has covered many thousands of miles in operations in those waters she has sunk a japanese destroyer she has torpedoed a japanese cruiser she has made torpedo hits two of them on a japanese aircraft carrier three of the enlisted men of our navy who went down with the squalus in nineteen thirty nine and were rescued are today serving on the same ship the u s s sailfish in this war it seems to me that it is heartening to know that the squalus once given up as lost rose from the depths to fight for our country in time of peril one more story that i heard only this morning this is a story of one of our army flying fortresses operating in the western pacific the pilot of this plane is a modest young man proud of his crew for one of the toughest fights a bomber has yet experienced the bomber departed from its base as part of a flight of five bombers to attack japanese transports that were landing troops against us in the philippines when they had gone about halfway to their destination one of the motors of this bomber went out of commission the young pilot lost contact with the other bombers the crew however got the motor working got it going again and the plane proceeded on its mission alone by the time it arrived at its target the other four flying fortresses had already passed over had dropped their bombs and had stirred up the hornet's nest of japanese zero planes eighteen of these zero fighters attacked our one flying fortress despite this mass attack our plane proceeded on its mission and dropped all of its bombs on six japanese transports which were lined up along the docks as it turned back on its homeward journey a running fight between the bomber and the eighteen japanese pursuit planes continued for seventy-five miles four pursuit planes of the japs attacked simultaneously at each side four were shot down with the side guns during this fight the bomber's radio operator was killed the engineer's right hand was shot off and one gunner was crippled leaving only one man available to operate both side guns although wounded in one hand this gunner alternately manned both side guns bringing down three more japanese zero planes while this was going on one engine on the american bomber was shot out one gas tank was hit the radio was shot off and the oxygen system was entirely destroyed out of eleven control cables all but four were shot away the rear landing wheel was blown off entirely and the two front wheels were both shot flat the fight continued until the remaining japanese pursuit ships exhausted their ammunition and turned back with two engines gone and the plane practically out of control the american bomber returned to its base after dark and made an emergency landing the mission had been accomplished the name of that pilot is captain hewitt t wellis of the united states army he comes from a place called menard texas with a population two thousand three hundred seventy five he has been awarded the distinguished service cross and i hope that he is listening these stories i have told you are not exceptional they are typical examples of individual heroism and skill as we here at home contemplate our own duties our own responsibilities let us think and think hard of the example which is being set for us by our fighting men our soldiers and sailors are members of well-disciplined units but they are still and forever individuals free individuals they are farmers and workers businessmen professional men artists clerks they are the united states of america 
that is why they fight we too are the united states of america that is why we must work and sacrifice it is for them it is for us it is for victory end of section twenty three